Yeah, my philosophy's always been that the most wickedly selfish, manipulative possible thing that you can do is just to help other people and not expect anything in return. Because, like, if you wanted to calculate what will do, what will bring you the biggest amount of success and rewards and business, that's what it is, which is awesome. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hello, Gavin here, and welcome to an extra edition of the Business Mastermind podcast. This is coming out on Friday in addition to the normal Monday release because I recently recorded a two-part interview in London with Roland Frazier. Uh, Roland, you may have come across through his very successful podcast called The Business Lunch. If you haven't yet, you must check out The Business Lunch podcast with Roland Frazier. Roland is one of the uh, partners, owners of digitalmarketer.com, of uh, world leaders in online training and advice around online marketing strategies. He is one of the owners of a phenomenal mastermind, business mastermind in the US called War Room. Uh, Entrance criteria needs to be turning over more than $1 million. Fantastic group he's accumulated there in terms of uh, mastermind attendees and members. Roland uh, is incredibly experienced and super, super bright and knowledgeable about growing businesses, scaling them, exiting them for value. So we stack loads in the interview. In the first of the two-part series, we speak about how to find the center of influence in a, in a market, get leverage, the importance of the long game in relationships in business, and you'll love this, the 1KX matrix, how to get 1,000 times the result in your business. So that's this episode. The next episode is hot on the heels. It'll come out on Monday. And in the second part, we talk about first principles reasoning, uh, inversion thinking, and how you can structure your business so that you can sell the eggs whilst retaining the goose, maintain momentum, and then go and repeat that and create wealth in many different, you know, many times over. Um, as I say, Roland is a wonderful guy to speak to, full of enthusiasm and passion, super, super smart, and also has a wonderful way about doing business so that he can build longer term relationships that create mutual value over time. You'll love this. So straight into the interview, part one, Roland Frazier. Welcome to another episode of the Business Mastermind podcast. And today I have the great privilege of meeting up in London at a seriously cool hotel called uh, Hotel 41 on uh, Buckingham Palace Road with Roland Frazier. So, uh, Roland, we first met uh, a number of years ago back in back in Vegas, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. At the, I think it was the very first ungagged conference. It was indeed, and uh, I had the privilege of uh, speaking uh, to Ungagged, and from there we then met up at Digital Marketer. I think it was back in 2015. And yeah. met it's been a while now, huh? It's been a while now, so I um, feel very honoured to have the privilege of uh, of you being uh, here in London and has been able to catch up and you to come on to the Business Mastermind Thank podcast. You. The honour is mine. And um, I'm a, obviously a big fan of your work, uh, love your podcast, um, oh, Business Lunch, and uh, I'd just like to pick up some of the content you've been sharing with that, some of the 
intensives you've worked and workshops you've been doing also to help entrepreneurs to scale and grow the business. Mm -hmm. Before that, I'd like to hear a bit more about you, the Rodan Frazier story or background and through to the present day. What would you like to know? So how did you how did you start off in terms of your career? Um, in my terms of my career, um, I was trying to think of my first business. Really, um, I got I got involved in real estate before I got involved in anything else. Yeah. Uh, I had um, found a book by a guy named Robert Allen called Nothing Down. Okay. And um, I think it was written maybe in the 80s or something like that. And um, may, who knows, maybe before that. But anyway, I was fascinated because he talked about building a real estate empire and how you could do it without paying any money down to acquire properties. And I was like, that's crazy. I mean, real estate's expensive. That's, it can't be possible. And um, it turns out that, that you can. And uh, so it just fascinated me. And so when I turned 18, I was about 16, I think when I read that book and um, just was blown away by it. And then when I was 18, I just, I went and got my real estate license and started selling real estate. And um, I pretty quickly, um, I'm, I try not to have to work any harder than I have to. So I'm a big fan of leverage. I've always been a big fan of leverage. And so I wondered, what, what could I do that would allow me not to have to go and get one client at a time? And so I quickly identified that there are builders, developers that actually build and sell hundreds or thousands of houses. And so I started reaching out to the developers and said, you know, hey, why don't you let me sell your stuff, which took some convincing because they're like, you know, well, who the heck are you and why should we do that? But um, but I, I was able to succeed mostly through uh, being too stupid to know that I couldn't do it and being persistent I love that. and um, ended up getting to know some developers. And then I had a constant flow of sales that I could do. And that led me to ask them, how do they do what they do? And in particular, how, how does their business work? And they said, well, we do these things called uh, limited partnerships where we have several uh, or syndications where we have people come and put money in and then they get a return on the money. We use the money and we kind of, you know, split it. And I said, well, tell me about that. How do you, how do you get those people? And they said, well, we have people that refer them to us and they get a commission. I was like, oh, commission. Really? Okay. So, uh, I asked if I would, if they would mind if I did that. And, um, they said, well, you have to get a securities license to do that. So, um, in between that, I also found that they had to get insurance on themselves called key man insurance so that if something happened to them, sure. that the partners would, you know, the development would go on, the partners would have their money. Okay. So I got my insurance license when I was 19 to be able to sell that. And then when I was 20, I got my securities license to be able to do securities. And so that was kind of my initial packaging of, wow, there's, there's just the number one, there are centers of influence in every business in every niche and if you can identify those centers of influence in real estate for me as a salesperson, it was who's got a bunch of houses to sell instead of one. How can my effort to find one client repay me multiple times? Right. And then within the one client relationship that I've now got, how can I leverage that relationship to serve them with other things in which I found it was, well, not only real estate, but insurance and capital acquisition. And so that that really was just kind of how I started out. And I've I've leveraged and leveraged and leveraged since then and on that journey you uh, went into law uh well yes my uh so you, you have to go to law school to practice law and you have to have a degree to to go to law school so for um i used that to fund my way through um uh through the last year of high school and then my four years of college 
and then um, my first year of law school. And then I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship for the rest of that. But uh, yeah, I did that all through that. And by the time I was in law school, I was I had identified uh, a firm in New York called Prudential Securities and was working with them on doing leverage buyouts. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff uh, during the late 80s when that was a very popular thing to do. And um, really was cool getting to go up to New York and connect with that that group. And I, I learned a tremendous amount. And so when I was in law school, I was flying back and forth between different cities on those deals and then going and attending law school classes and talking about amazing. that. So it was really kind of a fun experience. Wow. Yeah. But also what an amazing sort of launch pad then for the rest of your career. It was. Yeah, absolutely. And where did you move after from law school then? And you, you were working for this firm in New York. Well, I didn't I didn't ever work for a firm. I worked with them. I okay. the, My last job was um, I, I was trying to think. I think my last job was at a skate rink called Golden Skate World, where I was a, a rental clerk. Uh, and that was when that. I was like 15 and a half years old. So uh, I just did I, the working for doesn't work for me very well. But um, but I worked with a lot of partners and a lot of companies that that were just amazing mentors and found people along the way that were able to take me under their wing and, and give me the guidance, which is something I like to do to give back now sure. as well. And how did you get into the world of, um, you know, online marketing, mm -hmm. influencers, helping to scale those businesses? Sure. So um, it, through my work with company, with buying and selling companies uh, in the non-online world, as I saw the digital world evolve and as the internet came into being something that was actually somewhat commercial, I identified opportunities and um the if you remember do you remember CompuServe by any chance oh yes absolutely yeah. yeah so back in the CompuServe days i reached out to CompuServe and i said i would like to create a content channel for you and um at, at my law firm i knew several personalities so uh there was a guy named john frida who's a like a hair fashion guy and a guy named kevin Ocean who's who is a makeup guy i was like we'll do a beauty thing and then i had um several clients that were in the motivational kind of coaching Brian Tracy and Dennis Waitley yes, and a bunch yeah. of those guys at the yeah. law firm. And so uh, as America online came into being, I did the same thing with America online. We created a channel on America online for that kind of stuff. And then when it became much easier, it was still really expensive. I remember it cost me about between 25 and $50,000 every time I wanted to build a website because everything had to be coded in HTML from scratch and it wasn't drag and drop and you had to code exactly where, you know, create a table and where do you want the picture to appear and all that kind of stuff. So it was really hard, but, um, but I, I started with, uh, I had a thing called doc factory, which was a document kind of a legal zoom thing where people would get legal documents done and a film school and, um, then online gaming and things like that. Wow. So I bought betonit.com and makeabet.com back in the day. And really? Yeah, we did We did a bunch of that kind of stuff. And then um, as as it became easier and easier and easier to create sites, uh, I, I just continued to build sites. And then I, I ran into um, a few people who were teaching online marketing who really seemed to know what they were doing and seemed like they knew a lot more than I did. And um, I reached out to them. And said, you know, listen, I I know how to buy and sell companies and I have some online knowledge and experience, but you guys really seem to know what you're doing. I think that there's a tremendous opportunity to bring the digital marketing to these companies because they don't do it at all. They don't know what it is. They, they're terrified of it. And it's such a lever 
that uh, that is not present currently in business. And even to this day, even now, when we're sitting here in 2019 talking, uh, there's so many businesses that still are either completely removed from it or are so dramatically under leveraged. For, for sure, uh, a new client that um, I'll start working with next week and helping them with their, their growth and their st- a strategic plan, they are doing nothing in terms of online digital marketing. Right, which is shocking, right? Yeah. Because you think everybody's doing it, but they're not. Exactly. I was, I was gobsmacked. Yes. And, oh, and, and they're still growing, by the way. Yeah. So what could they do if they then started to leverage that opportunity? Right. So that was the thought that I had back then right. with, with businesses as well. And, and the, the odd thing is, is that that's still, still an opportunity that exists. But um, so I reached out to uh, one of the one of those the, the group that seemed to have the most knowledge and skill. And it was um, at the time there was a program on AdWords. AdWords had just come in. OK. And um, there was this guy named Ryan Dice and he had uh, a Mr. X and Mr. X was uh, turned out to be Perry Belcher and they had partnered in, in business. And this was probably 2008. Yes. And um and so I bought that program and I was like, that's, that's just amazing. And I determined that I wanted to get to meet them. Cause I, I always, one, one of the things that I found to be very effective is whenever there's someone I want to meet rather than reaching out cold, I will, or rather than running up to them after an event where they've spoken when everybody else is doing that same thing is that I'll look and see if there's a paid channel of access. So okay. uh, I find if there's a paid channel of access, then I come in as a customer, not as a, you know, as Stuff a, as a help me, help me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. So, um, so I reached out and they were having this event called traffic and conversion summit, the very first one. And I went and I wrote until my, and I'm left-handed. So when you write and take a bunch of notes, when you're left-handed, your hand just turns black because yep. the ink goes on it. Yep. So my hand was black and it was cramped up and they had not done events before. So they didn't have any breaks. They went from like eight in the morning until eight at night. It was just crazy long and there was no break. And I'd be sitting there and I had to go to the bathroom. My legs are crossed (laughs) and my hands cramped and I got ink all over it. And I'm like, come on guys, give me a break, you know, but I didn't want to miss anything because it was just so great. And, um, they had this thing that they were offering called war room. And I was like, okay, well that's the paid channel of access. And I didn't at the time I had a lot of other things going on. So I said, probably not this year, but next. And then I was so mad at myself for the whole year, because like two months in, I got all my other stuff done. And then I was yes. like, Ugh. why wasn't I not a part of Right, yeah. right. And um, so the the next year, I came in and I walked right up at the front at the registration. There were only, I think the first year where there were like 500 or 600 people there. So it wasn't a giant at the, at conference. conference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe even fewer than that. And um, But I walked right up to um, the person that was working behind the tables at registration. And I said, I want to join the war room. And she said, she said, you can't. And I was like, oh, that, it's full? You mean it? She's like, oh, no, because we haven't printed the applications yet. I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> and War Room was this mastermind, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I joined as soon as they got the, the forms printed. And um, I, the first meeting, I determined that I, I, had to, I had to figure out how can I make an impression. So now I'm in the paid channel of access, sure. but there were 20 or so other people that were in that paid channel of access okay. too. And um, they had this thing called Wicked Smart. And uh, Wicked Smart was you take something that you're doing that's actually working, not an idea, and you submit it to the group. And there's about 20 people plus Ryan and Perry. And um, 
they vote on it. Everybody votes on what's the smartest thing. And so I was like, okay, well, I've got to win that. Because if I win it, I know that I'll get their attention. And so I, I was, I just reached out to people and said, what's the biggest challenge that you have? And um, uh, they identified a few and I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to find solutions to three of them. And um, wow. I went in, I was- These I was, were three of the members of the War Room Mastermind? No, I, yeah. I three different, I wanted, I, I submitted three different Wicked Smarts. Oh, okay. Uh, Great. So I had a really cool automated thing that would rank uh, SEOs, uh, blogs, anything you wanted pretty quickly. I found a way to get uh, all of the Facebook email addresses off of Facebook and into a CRM, which nobody nice. did. And I don't remember what the third one was. But so I, I, I gave those and, um, and it was pretty cool because it was obvious that that was, that was going to win. And then they voted and I won and, um, Perry came up to me after and he was like, Hey man, you know, we're going to have dinner, but I want you to sit next to me. Cause I want to, I want to talk. And so we got to talk and after that Perry and I really hit it off. And then I was a member for three years in that mastermind. This was a, I think at the time it was $20,000 a year sure. to belong. But to me, that was an investment in getting to know a potential partner that I thought could be very, very good. And in the meantime, um, it's a long game you were playing. It, it's always a long game. It's a, we're yeah. a long game, right? We were just yeah, talking. Yeah, we yeah. met in uh, yeah. four years ago, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, if you're in the short game, it, you're not going to win. You're just not, you can't possibly develop a relationship in 10 minutes or an hour or even a few months. You know, it's, yeah. it's a, it, it's a nurture, plant the seeds and nurture. And, um, and so that was obviously kind of that too. But in the meantime, uh, I, I, my philosophy has always been that the most wickedly selfish, manipulative possible thing that you can do is just to help other people and not expect anything in return. Because like, if you wanted to calculate what will do, what will bring you the biggest amount of success and rewards and business, that's what it is. Which is awesome. Absolutely. And people don't get that. A lot of yeah. people. Yeah. But it's actually, that's, it's so perfect because if you're a genuinely good, helpful person and you're not like looking for the, you, and now it's not, there's nothing wrong with seeing that there's an opportunity and being strategic about, I want to get to know these people. But if you go in with those people that you want to know and you say, I want to help you. How can I do that? Or you look so that you go in saying, hey, I think there's an opportunity to help here. And they're like, well, you know, I'm not hiring anybody. Or whatever. No, I don't want to hire you. Don't pay me anything. I just, I'm just, it's something I saw. If you'd like some help with how to do it, or if I can connect you with so-and-so, I'll do that. And like, you know, okay, well, what's your fee? I don't charge a fee. I don't want to get paid. I don't want to be in the middle of any deal. I want to add value to you. That's it. If it turns out that we can work together, yay. If it doesn't, no problem, right? So, um, so what what's cool about that is in that group, my end game was I want to be in business with Ryan and Perry. Yes. My short game was while I'm in there, I'll help. I didn't really need anything. Um, so the other 20 people that were in the room, we went out to dinner that first night, um, a group of us, uh, which was the night before Perry uh, had dinner with, with all of us. And um, at the table, there was a, um, there was a woman named Lori Taylor and Lori, had her father was a, a big insurance guy and had like, I don't know, 20 or 50,000 agents, you know, just okay. a, a wow. pretty significant yeah, yeah. player in that business. And um, she was just completely distraught because she said, she said, I just, I, uh, I got my father to take this, um, to this offer that I created. I partnered with this SEO guy and um, he, we sold it to the agents, you know, a small group of his best agents 
And then this SEO guy ran off with the money and she's like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. My father's going to be pissed. These people are upset. And I I just said, I said, well, how many, how many people is it? And she said, it's like, it's like eight or 10 people. I said, I'll do it. And she said, oh, well, well, I don't, I, but they took, he took all the money. I said, no, I'll just do it. I can do that. I'm good at that. I know, you know, and at the time it was easier than it is today, although it's still kind of easy to rank. And so I just, uh, that night I built them and they were ranked the next day. And I, she's like, you know, well, what can I give you for this? And I said, no, this is just, you're not in trouble and distraught anymore. That's what I wanted from that. So, and then uh, another guy that was there had a group of dentists that he um, helped with their practices and things like that. And so we were talking about my business experience and he's like, you know, Hey man, would you mind if, uh, if uh, getting on a call, if I got, you know, just, I'd like to interview you. And um, I was like, yeah, sure. And so he, we set up an interview and uh, about a month later we did that for his group. And then he called me immediately after and he said, man, he said, would you like, if I could get, you know, eight or 10 of these guys in a room for $25,000 a piece for a couple of days, you know, would you just talk about what you, what you do and the things that you're doing and, you know, I'll split the money with you. I was like, sure. You know? And, uh, and we did that and, and we ended up, uh, I think he had 12 people, uh, come in at, at 25 grand a piece. And then, uh, at that meeting, I remember meeting with him and I said, I said, we have to offer these people something better than what they've already paid for. Of course. That's more in depth. It would be irresponsible not to do that. And I think we can serve them and get them. And we, what we found out was none of them wanted to be a dentist. So, um, so they have a, an expression called down the mouth. They were like, okay. I, I asked them, they were like, I'm down the mouth eight hours a day. I'm like, that sounds awful. <laughs> you know? So, um, so I said, uh, well, let's, let's do a $75,000 program and we'll take them under the wing and I'll train them on how to do these things. And we did it. I offered it and we sold, um, I think it was six of them. Nice. Um, so, you know, it's like, and, and stuff like that just kept happening with the members and, as uh, Ryan and Perry went through their business and we became closer uh, over the years, and I, uh, because I have a legal background, an accounting background, a business background, those are skills that a lot of online marketing type people don't have. Yeah, of course. A lot of these entrepreneurs are absolutely brilliant marketers with businesses, but just don't have any business experience course, or knowledge. Yes. Yeah. And so I would help them out and I would help Ryan and Perry out. And um, three years in, the CEO who had an, had an equity option in their business um, ended up going and doing something else. And Ryan came to me and said, you know, Hey, would you like to be a partner in the business? And, um, I said, I would absolutely love to. And so my evil sinister strategy of helping out and not asking for anything back turned out to be good. Right. Pay pay dividends. Yeah. So you, um, you've recently run, um, back in California, um, your legs program. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? (laughs) I had to change the, uh, order, the order of that. Yeah. So it's leverage exit grow scale. And, um, yeah, I, I do this intensive. I took, it's really fun. I, I wanted to, I, I really wanted to put something together that was very organized on how can you grow a business and scale a business and, and what is the difference between the two? Cause a lot of people don't understand that growth is additional business, additional customers or clients and scale is the infrastructure to be able to handle that, sure. that business. And you have to have both because if you don't, uh, like most of the people that I know are really good at the growth part and awful at the scale part. Yeah. And out in the real world, 
I think uh, most people would feel that they're better at the scale part and don't know how to grow. So um, both of those seem to be very important. And then and the timing and the balance of the two, you know, as it's you very grow, critical. I, I've seen organizations where they've either turned the tap on in terms of growth and not had the scale piece, the capacity in the business, business to deliver on that. Right. Or they've gone and invested in the capacity, the overhead and cost base has grown faster than the revenue. Right. And so, you just came out of a business like that, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I had real hand experience in scaling a business quickly and yeah. seeing, seeing where you had to get both right. Yeah. And, and people don't realize, we, especially if you're good at growth, like we would go into businesses and I remember the very first one that we did we went in, it was a water filter company and we, they gave us a piece of the business and it was the first deal that Ryan and Perry and I did together. And they gave us a piece of the business and um, I, th- I think it was 70 or 80% of the business they gave us and just said, you know, we we're stuck and we want to grow. And I remember the conversation Perry told him, he said, you know, well, you've got to be able to grow because what we find is we go into a business and we bring a ton of business and then the wheels fall off. Cool. And they're like, oh, no, we can handle an unlimited number of people. And it was like, you know, OK, but I'm just telling you. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so seeing that, it made it clear to me that that if we were going to do any kind of deals where we took equity in companies, we needed to be able to not only to help them grow, but to actually help them scale because we couldn't believe them when they thought because they can't conceive of how fast you can get a lot of business. Right. And in so doing, you're building value, you're building balance sheet, and you're increasing the multiple on exit. Then. Correct. The whole yeah. the whole goal is uh, is to find leverage points to allow you to scale and grow faster, and then exit. So that's the legs thing, right? Leverage yeah. first, then uh, plan to exit in advance. And so I like actually having the exit plan in advance of the growth and scale because the growth and scale should be mindful of and informed by the plan for exit, right? Yeah, and who you're shaping that business up as a potential purchaser. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so in that, so I, I went back through six years of um, my work, my talks, everything, and found the best of the best stuff that worked the best, put it all together into a two-day um, intensive and uh, started started making that available to people. And it's been super fun because it's it's the things I'm most passionate about. And it's really funny when you take the time, because it took me a few months to go back through all of that stuff. And when you take the time to go back and you're like, oh, gosh, this thing was, that was amazing. And that worked so great in this company. And I completely forgot about it. And uh, so pulling, and, and uh, I'm, I don't know, when you speak, you, you're, you're a great speaker. I remember when I saw you at, at Ungagged. And, and I was just like, I love, loved, loved, loved how, how engaging the session that you did was. And when you do that, you tend to only do that. You do one performance of the session and sure. then you go and create another one that's completely yeah, yeah. different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so as you go back and you're like, my God, why did I never talk about that again? You know, so I put all that together and it. To me, note to self, go back over previous. You uh, should. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I know you've got just a ton of great stuff. And, um, and so that, that. What's really funny is, so the first one I did was about a year and a half ago, and um, I just went back again. I took all of the new stuff that I've done from the last year and a half, but then also remembered, because now I've, I have it kind of all organized, uh, remembered what, what I had, some other things that I'd only done once at these bizarre, like, little talks that I'd done somewhere, you know, for a, you know, for a 
uh, a bank or a client or okay. an insurance agency or something, sure, you know, sure. just, I had done it one time, you know, or an association like a, yeah. uh, there was a digital retailers association. I did one talk for, and I had come up with this really cool thing and, and everybody loved it. And then I never talked about it again. So I just redid it. And now I feel like it's 10 times better than it was before. Well, I saw your post on Facebook and I read down the uh, sort of uh, high level content piece and it was just like, Oh yeah, I put the whole outline. That's yeah, right. I put the whole outline out and I thought that is seriously good stuff. <laughs> Thank seriously, you. Thank you. you. you know, I, I think there's many a, a top notch business school would think, wow, look at the content there. So I want to dive into a little bit of sure. uh, some, some, some of that content. So, um, for a start, you talk about the 1,000 times 1KX. I presume that means 1,000 times matrix. And- it does, yes. Yes, so that was something that I that I just did in the new thing. It was I, I looked at um, one of the very first things that I did in the online marketing world uh, in a product launch and basically turned $1,200 into about a million three. Wow. Uh, and I was like, well, that's a 1,000x, you know? And, and then I, I was like, well, a 1,000x doesn't sound that great because – you know, people are like 10x and then, you know, it's no, it's 100x. I'm like, no, it's a thousand x. So I did. I like the 1kx. But but I really what that came about was saying that um, in the areas of valuation, revenue and profits, there are several things that you can do. And in each of those three areas, I think it's possible to 10x. So if you 10x your uh, revenue and you 10x your profit that's 100 and you 10x your value thousand, that's a thousand that. right so so that's that's kind of where that came from and um so i thought 1kx you know would uh, be sounds very cool. would be a little different but yeah so i just took all of the things in each of those three areas that i found to be the most effective and put them into a matrix and then that's that's what uh, i teach okay okay so you want to can you just share like one of those in each of the those three areas? Or? Yeah, sure. So, so the um, the 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 revenue piece is uh, is kind of I think the first place to start, and and I will look for leverage. So, one of my favorite things to do to look for leverage in revenue is who already has who's the center of influence. So, this goes all the way back to I'm. 18 years old and thinking, I don't want to find a whole bunch of people that are selling houses. I want to find one person that's selling a whole bunch of houses. And it's really funny. I I do onboarding calls for our our War Room Mastermind. And um, when I talk to them and ask this question, well, actually, so far, no one has thought to think this way. And so the, the question is, who already has a big swath of your ideal customer who you don't already have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And if you go through that exercise, you'll be like, you, you can't help but identify, and I always want three, but you can't help but identify three. And sometimes we'll come up in those conversations with 10 or 12. And it's like, well, so now all you have to do is get those because that one, you have to get that one relationship. And now you've got thousands or tens of thousands of, of customers. And then um, you create a win-win-win for their customers, for them. And Everyone so wins. Everybody yeah, Everybody wins. And you get their, the trust that they already have implicit in their relationship with their customers bestowed upon you. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, so would, be, that would be one with revenue. With profits, um, probably my favorite one, and it comes, uh, I stole it uh, flat out unabashedly from uh, a very unsuccessful entrepreneur named Jeff Bezos. This episode of The Business Mastermind is brought to you by The Evolve Mastermind. The Evolve Mastermind is a business mastermind for business owners of businesses turning over between 500,000 and 5 million per annum. 
Their monthly events provide you with solutions, strategies, inspiration and insights to help you scale and grow your business. Each month there's a hand-picked speaker to provide you with relevant strategies plus time to mastermind with other business owners on issues that are facing you and your business. With groups in Chelmsford in Essex and Manchester in the Northwest and more locations planned, go to www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. That's www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.